Morning, folks. It's Terry and Tom, and we're here with the Metaphysical Mysteries, uh, another fascinating guest with us, uh, Marty Lucas. And Marty, you uh, come to us from the great state of Iowa, and uh, you are totally into radionics. Your company's name is Every Advantage Ag, as in agriculture, and you're a full-time radionics practitioner and teacher. And, uh, you know, we, this sounded cool. I think I ran into you. Matter of fact, I know I ran into you uh, a few years ago at a conference and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, saw all the gadgets and stuff. And nobody could really explain radionics to me as I kind of passed through. So, man, you're up. You want to tell us a little bit about your background and then, you know, what the hell is radionics? Well, sure. Um, you know, I, I came uh, into uh, radionics and energy work uh, uh, the long road. Uh, I was working with uh, uh, agriculture and animals, and we were looking at nutrition and doing some, some really interesting things with nutrition and micronutrients. Uh, we found that there were some things nutrition didn't take care of, uh, but homeopathy did. And so we added that to the practice. And uh, when we reached the end of what homeopathy would take us to, we learned about radionics. And, uh, uh, and it was you know, one of those uh, learn by doing uh, and success builds on success. So I, I, uh, I don't uh, call myself a scientist, but I study science. You know, I, I don't call myself a, a, uh, an expert uh, or a guru uh, or a master, uh, because as soon as I put that label on me, that means that I have to quit learning, you know, I, and I'm learning all the time. Uh, I, uh, I just pass myself off as more or less an energy mechanic. Uh, I see what works, uh, and then I try to copy what works and then improve upon it. Okay. And radionics in a nutshell um, is using left brain instruments uh, to do right brain work. Uh, so for the, for the dowsers out there, for the Reiki practitioners, for all the other energy modalities that are out there, uh, we have instruments that are able to capture some of those same frequencies and so I'm doing much of the same work, but I'm coming at it from the mechanical uh, side, if you will. Very cool. Tommy, that sounds like it's down your alley. You want to lead off with a question? Yeah, that's, uh, that's really good stuff. Um, I practice a lot of the energy modalities. And so I guess probably one of the basic things the listeners may need to know is how does this work? Why is this different than pharmaceuticals and, you know, homeopathies and things like that? All right, that's the question. <laughs> well, in, in, uh, um, in my worldview and the way I understand it, um, we uh, live in a three-dimensional holographic projection of light that is controlled by consciousness. And each one of us has a small piece of that consciousness. So um, energy uh, drives, consciousness drives the energy, the energy drives matter. Uh, and so many of the things that are written in all of our religions and all of our philosophical texts are just different ways of saying that same thing. And much of our best science is hidden in our religious books. Uh, and so uh, in, uh, in a nutshell, our consciousness uh, is able to manipulate reality. And certainly we're aware of that because we can move our body and it's our consciousness that moves our body. Those of us that are doing energy work have realized that we can do more than that. And so we can actually manipulate that energy and make direct changes. 
Well, it turns out that that energy that we're manipulating is in a scalar waveform. Mm -hmm. And without getting too carried away, a scalar wave is an energy wave that is not bound by our three dimensions and is not bound by time. Well, it turns out that uh, every time that we have an electrical signal, it has a magnetic component, it has an electrical component, and it also has a scalar component. And so with the instruments that you, that you see behind me, what we do is we use that electrical and that magnetic component to capture the frequency that's producing that scalar wave. And so when we have a thought, it has a scalar frequency. If it has a frequency, then it also has the electronic components and we can capture that. And what I do with my instruments is we try to capture that frequency and then either suppress it or support it to make it stronger or less. So for instance, uh, uh, let's say that you come to me as a farmer and you have an issue with soybean aphids in your field. Um, in my view, um, since that is not a chemical problem, uh, using a chemical solution to take care of the, the aphids is, is absolutely the wrong approach. In my view, uh, it's a problem of the energy of that field. And if we can balance the energy, then the, soy, then, the, then the aphids will leave on their own. And so what I can do is I can find those frequencies that one, attract the aphids to the soybeans in the first place, and two, would repel the, the, um, the, the soybean aphids. And then I can broadcast those frequencies and, and have them go. Okay. Works let the me, same for diseases and animals. Let me break this down a little bit. Let's go back to matter, consciousness, all that statement, and kind of take people through that a little slower where they actually can follow what you're saying, because it makes a lot of sense to me. And I think it's you know valuable that they get a chance to hear that again. Well, the way I understand the physics uh, is that um, we live in a hologram of light. Okay, now and there are, there the, are I'll stop you here for a second and say, now there are physics uh, professors, uh, scientists that have actually confirmed that we're in a hologram. They have information to show that that is an accurate statement, first off. I mean, there are other people out there, uh, not just the three of us talking about it, but there are people out there in the real scientific community, uh, you know, and says that, you know, that's what they believe is actually happening. So first off, okay, so we're, so we're in this hologram and now, now what's the next thing? Well, the, the, the thing, there's some interesting things about a hologram. Um, since we're living in a hologram of light, none of the stuff around us is really stuff. It's just light. Right. Uh, and the reason that it feels like stuff is we're trying to touch it with other light. And so that's why it feels like stuff. Okay. In well, a hologram. Yeah, I was going to say light. Um, we know we can manipulate light in a lot of different ways. And as it comes through the hologram, we're, we have the ability as creators, little creators, I guess I'd say, to manipulate that in certain ways. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, and, and the you know, science mainstream science has not decided what controls the hologram and what makes the hologram function. You know, they've got, I mean, they've caught up to the point where it's a hologram. And an interesting thing about a hologram is that every piece of that hologram contains all the information for the entirety. So everything is connected. Makes and so sense. even though that you and I think that we are separate, 
and that I am separate from that soybean field and I am separate from the, uh, the farm and I am separate from all the other, in a hologram, we're all connected. Absolutely. And so what we can do is use that connectivity to manipulate the light in that hologram. And mainstream science hasn't got to the point where they're, they're accepting that the consciousness controls the hologram. You right. know, our religions tell us that. You know, so, our experience tells us that. Yeah. If we go back to, let's, well, everybody knows, let's go to a Jesus thing. If, if he is actually controlling something, well, healing the sick, as an example. Mm -hmm. So he's actually transmitting light in a particular fashion with consciousness and understanding and some smarts into a like a lower vibration area of light or whatever in that person's, I don't know, they got a bad arm, let's say. Is that basically what we think's going on there? Absolutely. Uh, and, and instead of using electronic instruments to do that, he's using that marvelous instrument that's right there between his ears to manipulate and move that light and move that energy and change its form and change its coherence. Absolutely. And it, 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 it all comes back. And the, the thing that I like to stress when somebody brings up Jesus is that one of the things that he told us was, these things that I do, you shall do and more. Right. And I think all of us are of a, a generation that we remember that when mom told us that we shall do something, that was not an invitation. <laughs> well, that's, exactly. <laughs> that's a command. My mom also uh, is so, totally tuned into that. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it, so I believe that, that not only can we do it, I believe that we are commanded to do it and learn how to do it. Uh, I think that's and, where the disconnect, if I may, that's where the disconnect is in the religions in some cases, because, you know, being a minister myself, uh, they tend to say, you're this little peon, and God's this big thing, and you better be good, because this thing controls everything, you have no say in it, what this is saying, and Jesus, if you believe the book, the Bible, and he said what you just said, what I do, you shall do, and greater, okay, that means that's true too and so what you're saying is also based on that and a whole lot of other things but we too don't have to be the little tiny peon we're supposed to expand that consciousness start to do what he did and start to learn it and we're at that precipice of time where a certain amount of our population believes they can do it now these are your what we call energy workers and you of course are using instruments where they're using their brain more or less to ach to achieve that or at least attempt to achieve it is that somewhat correct you're you're absolutely spot on and uh you know and one of the things that uh our religions teach us of course is is love and love conquers all well as coming from the the left brain experience i needed to have a, a definition of what love is so that i could work with it you know i just couldn't say oh it's flowers and rainbows you know i had to come up with something and so for me that definition of love is the unimpeded flow of energy and information yeah. and i got a wild hair oh it's been a couple of years ago now and i said okay what happens if i broadcast a frequency and i use the ho'oponopono that that poem you know yeah. i'm sorry please forgive me thank you i love you so i got the frequency of that poem and i broadcast that to a farm field yeah. And of course, I did an analysis before and found out where the, the, the mineral levels were and the oxygen levels, and I did all those things. And then I broadcast this poem 
which should have no effect on soil. Right. Why would a soil care anything about a poem of love, gratitude, and forgiveness? Right. What I found was that by broadcasting the frequency of that poem, I changed the mineral content and the productivity of that farm. Yeah, that's amazing stuff. Yeah. It really and, is. Yeah. And it's because we're all one, we're all interconnected. Yes. And and that that led me on to the you know the rest of my work. And so most of my work now, um, you know, if somebody comes to me and says they've got an issue with whatever it is, and if it's not an emergency, I treat all of those conditions, if you will, as simply as symptoms. And one of the first things that I broadcast to everybody is the whole ponopono because yeah. it takes care of about 90% of the issues. Isn't that crazy? So people with depression, as an example, which Tommy and I both, you know, interact with those folks on a regular basis. Um, if you were going to maybe tell us, okay, guys, if you do this, this will help. Uh, what would you say? I mean, what would you be your advice? Well, well, again, um, you know, I'm not a doctor. I don't pretend to be one on TV. Uh, but, you know, when, when somebody comes to me with an issue, you know, in my view, all of our physical issues have energetic roots. Mm -hmm. And that energetic root, you know, is, is going to be, you know, perhaps emotional. It's going to be spiritual. It's going to be you know, maybe tied up in their core beliefs, you know. And so when we start looking at that, um, that depression has a certain frequency, and I can certainly find that frequency and minimize it. But that depression is a symptom of something else that's going on. Absolutely. So what is that core belief that's an issue? Maybe that core belief is I love myself or I don't love myself. And that has a frequency. You know, maybe it is, uh, and all of us have worked at this, maybe it is some unresolved trauma that happened whenever it happened, maybe not even in this lifetime, that is still sitting there as an energy. Yeah. Tommy, jump in on this one, because that's right in your, in your ballpark here. When he's talking about those traumas and in the past energies, and you, you do the PTSD thing every day. Yeah, I mean, it's spot on. I find a lot of times that um, some of the equipment that I have, I go through and I can diagnose the emotional blockage, you know, given the symptom pattern like you're talking about here. And we can go back in time and figure out the root cause time, if you will, when that disruption in their energy field occurred. And a lot of times if we clear that trauma, then a lot of the healing, almost lack of better, is a spontaneous healing because the body is trying to get back to its natural heal healthy state. So, yeah, I've done the same thing in a different way, but um, right on the same vein, absolutely. Yeah. Don't you and, think? And I, I think all roads lead to Rome. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so when people do prayer or affirmations and they're actually speaking that, I mean, I know you, you that's measurable uh, from what you have with your equipment, but they're actually trying to, you know, improve that vibration frequency uh, in and around them with their family. You know, maybe they're sitting around having Thanksgiving dinner and they give thanks for the food. Um, that's got an effect, correct? Absolutely. And, you know, our ancestors didn't do prayer because it made them look good in the community. You know, they're very practical people. They did it because it worked. It makes changes. And, and think of a time when there was no refrigeration and very little way to preserve food. Uh, you know, if that, uh, if that elk was getting a couple or three weeks old, I think you'd want to pray over it before you ate it. Absolutely. 
but we can measure the changes in the food when you offer a, mm -hmm. a blessing. Mm -hmm. you know, a couple of years ago, I did an experiment where uh, we had a, a large group of people and I said, well, you know, let's, let's have some fun. Uh, and certainly we can, we can pray to, to raise things, but what happens? I said, I want you to think, you know, we picked out a, a, a volunteer and I said, I want you to think of that one politician that just really grinds your gears, that one that just, you know, and I, and I want you just to, to put a picture of his face in your mind and go, I hate you, you son of a, and then we watch their energy drop. And we watched the energy of the entire group drop. We measured it. And then we say, okay, now let's bring it back. And so we brought it back with the Ho'oponopono. Yeah, that's, you know, I did that with a group myself. I said, uh, I want you to, all, all they had to do was feel sad. I just want you to feel sad, grab hold of something in your life and feel really sad about it. You could actually, for those who can see on the other side of the veil, you can see a gray cloud come down. It was amazing. And I said, now we're going to reverse it just like you did. And we're not going to be sad anymore. We're going to be love, happy. And they did that and whoosh, that thing was gone. Amazing to see. And, and so... Again, it goes back to what we've been taught for thousands of years. You know, when we when we look at, I just simply have instruments now where I can measure it. You know, yeah. so when you when you sit in with a bunch of people that are, you know, angry and and scared and whatever, that affects you. And when you walk in there with that power of love, it also affects you. And that goes back to the the Hawkins and the power versus force. Mm -hmm. You know, as we raise our own frequency we are doing much more than just taking care of ourselves. Everybody that comes into contact with us is feeling that and it, it changes their physical makeup just by being around somebody of high energy. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And, and I think a lot of people know that maybe intuitively, but they don't know how to put it into science like what you're doing. And so I think that's fantastic. And I think we're, we are on the threshold of all this new way of doing things, energy science, energy medicine, whatever you want to call it, all that's going to be what's coming forward as the new way. I think in 20, 30 years, we'll look back on some of our surgeries as barbaric, you know, in, in comparison to what we would be able to do at that point. Absolutely. And it's, uh, and once you get somebody to break through that, that shell that we have been taught that we are physical and not energy, you know, once we get, once we get that shell broken, as I, as I tell my students, once you've had that first radionic miracle, there's no turning back. Right. You know, or even with a new dowser, you know, once they've, they've finally doused and they're getting, you know, good answers, you know, that door's open. And once that door's open, they realized that, if it happened once, it's possible. If it's possible, I may be able to learn how to do it. Yeah. And so when I see Raymond Grace doing his work, or I, or I see the, the people doing the, the, the uh, uh, other energy work, I don't look at that as they are some kind of a special being different than myself. I look at them as, oh, that's cool. It's possible. Yeah, absolutely. I can figure that out. Right. 
Well, Greg Braden, who's out and about in this whole metaphysical field, obviously very well-known scientist, um, he also you know, went to the Eastern philosophies and, and studied the many texts that are out there. And they talked about getting your, your head and heart energy in sync and then actually even seeing what happens when they either lay hands on somebody or just concentrate on somebody and that energy flowing to them, raising that vibration and whatever illness or injury uh, gets relieved. Uh, so this is a well-known thing. And, and he talks uh, about some of the, I think the lost book of Thomas, the apostle, uh, where it's supposedly pretty well laid out there in the church back probably at Council of Nicaea, you know, 400 AD. <laughs> that was one that either wasn't found or was quashed, whichever way you want to think about it. Well, and, and again, all of those things, every one of those miracles, if you will, has a specific frequency. Um, when you move, when you go into the heart, that has a particular frequency. When you go into, uh, and so I was working with uh, uh, Gail West out of Chicago, and she's the uh, uh, a phenomenal author, and she says, when you bring your heart's desire and your soul's desire together, that's when things can really happen. I thought, well, gosh, that's really, really cool. Well, Gail, if heart's desire would have a frequency, yes, yeah. And so would soul's desire. And so what I did is, is I, I capture those frequencies and I record them into uh, crystal rods and I can hold that crystal rod in my hand and resonate with that frequency and bring it in. And so what I can do with, much of the same work that you're doing, but for me, I, I, I kind of go with a, a mechanical approach. And so mechanically, I, I hand this crystal to, the, uh, to the, the person and I say, okay, get into the now, grab onto your heart's desire, grab onto your soul's desire and bring them together and watch the healing begin. And yeah. I found that when you bring the heart's desire and the soul's desire together, the healing is magical. And I don't have to know anything about biomechanics. I don't have to know about the immune system. I don't have to know about minerals. I don't have to know all of that detail stuff, which is really hard. All I have to know is that, hey, if I get you where the energy is flowing properly, I don't have to be very bright at all. Right. Amazing, isn't it? It is. It is really amazing. And I, I, you know, I got measured one time by a radionics guy. I didn't even know I was getting measured. They wanted a little clip of my fingernail. And this was on a, a Friday. They asked for that. And I was so busy seeing clients and things. I couldn't get back to them until Sunday morning before everybody else got into this uh, event. And, uh, and plus, I even got swamped in by people. And while I was there, um, you know, I, I was doing all this. They were measuring me. I didn't know it. And so I turned back around to where these guys were at. And I said, uh, okay, uh, what, do, what do you need me to do? He goes, nothing. We're done. And I said, done with what? Because did, they didn't even tell me what they were actually doing. And he goes, no, we measured you. I said, measured what? And he says, measured your, your light, your chi force, your, you know, I started describing it in several ways that I would understand. And I said, okay. And he goes, well, you want to see what happened? I said, sure. So, um, he had like a 12 inch ruler and had a lot of scientific numbers on it. And he, he and this, this is his system. So I couldn't say one way or another. I didn't even know what was happening at the time, but he goes, uh, goes up about 60% on this 12 inch stick. And he goes, now that's where the, the average guy is at on energy light thing that we've done. And I, he goes, you want to see what happened to you? And I said, sure. And he goes, 
well, he had this stick and he goes, you blew completely off that stick. We got another one. You blew off that stick. We got another one. You blew off that stick. We got the next one. And you went up two thirds on that. And I said, wow. I said, what does that mean? He goes, hell, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen it before in my life. And I said, because we've done thousands of people. We've never seen this before. And I said, well, what do you think it means? He goes, I think you can do anything you want to do. That's what I think. That was kind of weird because then people were around me and they started closing in on me. I felt like a monkey in a zoo touched me and stuff. <laughs> it was really weird. And I lost contact with those guys. I'd love to get back with them because that was pretty interesting. And I know that, um, I think it's Dr. Klinghart. He's out in um, Seattle. I think he does a lot of work with light and photons and even had a guy I've set through one of his programs. Maybe you did too. But and I've read some of his books before or his material before we even got there. And uh, one thing, he had a guy, he, he had a light cage, and uh, he had a guy that died in it. The guy was going to die anyway, but he volunteered to, you know, do his last few minutes in there. So they moved him in there, and, and you could see the light measurements, like kind of what you guys do. You know, you could see it all up in there, and then all of a sudden, it went zoom, zoom to the top, and then boom, straight down. And he goes, and I guess you can all figure out what that was, because that's the moment he died, where that whole soul energy and everything just shot out you know, super high and then poof, down to nothing. It was very interesting. Uh, yeah, his his work is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. and it, again, it goes back to, you know, what we, have, what we have been taught that we live in a universe that is uh, full of entropy. You know, it's breaking down and becoming blah, 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 blah. But life is not entropy. Life is centropy. We make things more complicated. And there was a theory out there that says that when something loses organization, that energy wave, that organization wave doesn't vanish. It simply moves somewhere else. And so we're not living in a universe that's breaking down. We're living in a universe where the energy and the information is simply moving around. And I, oh, that's cool. And it falls right in with what Klinghart was doing with the, with the coherent light. Yes. And, uh, yeah, and so really what, what the radionics instrument has allowed me to do is to take the work of their standard energy worker and then give me the measurements on my dials and my lights and whatever so that I can convince my left brain that it's all real. Right. Gotcha. And, and, and as you know, as soon as you, I mean, there's a difference between knowing about and knowing. And as soon as you know, then the door's open. You can do anything you want. And that's what radionics has done for me. It's allowed me to know. And so. Is there a, um, let's see now. Okay. You know, radionics. I mean, if somebody was to look it up in internet and stuff, they go all the way back to, you know, early 1900s and what they would call quackery, you know, back then. Mm -hmm. I I don't know what your comments are on that. You know, is that when people just didn't understand all this that we understand now. Um, And then they were saying some of the, uh, um, the instruments weren't even hooked up. There's just wires in there and this sort of thing. You know, what's your what's your take on all that early early stuff? Well, and, and even uh, even today, when you look at radionics, you see a lot of oh my gosh, it's all quackery. Well, if you are still stuck in Newtonian science and your science is 350 years old, right. there's no way you're going to be able to understand this. Right. Um, you know, if you're if you begin to understand the relativity, you know, and that science is over 100 years old, you have a chance. Right. And, and the Wiseman Institute 
you know, which is now almost 40 years ago, you know, has have found that the observer is part of the experiment, you know, then you can start getting into the radionics and realizing there's something there. The, the, one of the, the biggest issues that radionics had back in the 70s here in the United States is that they were so successful uh, that there were a lot of practitioners out there, and, and we've run across this in, in all sorts of energy work, that you know, a little bit of knowledge goes a long, long way and, and uh, can be very dangerous. And so they were out making all sorts of medical claims, right. you know, way beyond their experience, way beyond their capabilities. And those are the claims that people remember. Uh, you know, the claims they forget uh, are the, uh, the fact that the uh, Farm Bureau in Arkansas uh, hired radionics people to uh, uh, take care of uh, uh, problems in fields in Arkansas uh, up until the chemical people decided that that was not a real, you know, profitable for them. Right. And so, and then you'll have the guy that says, well, what about the, the, the guy that does the, the work with a paper machine or you open it up and there's nothing inside there? Well, duh, that is simply an, a, a sophisticated dowsing chart. So right. instead of using the physical components of the instrument to capture that frequency, what he's doing is he's using his brain power. Right. And he's right. using his own life force. And can you use your life force to do that? Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. But the problem is, for most people, is that we have the attention span of a gnat. Right. You know, and so when we're trying to do some kind of a project, you know, our mind is wandering off about breakfast or coffee or the banana split or whatever. And so we don't focus long enough to make it happen. Right. With you an know, instrument. Jesus, I was going to say, ahead. Jesus talked about the plants. Remember when he made the one plant just wilt and die? Mm -hmm. Same thing. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. What, we can, what looks we like can magic, do those things. Yeah, what looks like magic 2,000 years ago is now we're understanding the science of it all and can apply it with, you know, instruments as well as your, your brain and kind of a combination of both in, in some instances. So I think that's absolutely fascinating. Now, if a person wanted to take, you teach, so if a person wanted to get into this and they want to actually take an entry-level class, what would that look like and how would that go? Uh one on my on my website radionics.us i've got you know a, a lot of audios and some videos and they could kind of get a taste for what what there is if you want a, an in person class uh, the beginner class is usually 2 days um, you, we we bring an instrument in or you rent an instrument or you buy one uh, and then we spend 2 days learning how to manipulate that instrument how to tune it how to uh, analyze uh, and do some basic broadcasts. Uh, that class normally, you know, runs around four to five hundred dollars. Um, our next one is going to be uh, in Atlanta at the end of May, uh, and I've got two days of basic, on a day of intermediate, and a day of advanced. Very cool. And uh, cool. so that's uh, what does something but, like that run tuition-wise if somebody was preparing and wanted to do that? Uh, the the tuition, you know, for for a rule of thumb. You know, think you're gonna for a class you're gonna spend probably in the neighborhood of two to two fifty per day of class. So a, a two day class will be between four hundred fifty to five hundred bucks. Uh, I prefer in person classes because that way if you have an issue you've got somebody right there and you can feel the energy. Right. Uh, that's well, not always possible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, the the person that I teach with uh, the beginning class as far as I'm concerned the best beginning radionics teacher in the United States is Ed Kelly. 
uh, with Kelly Research, uh, because he can hear that instrument when it gum when it gets to the point of being tuned properly. And mm -hmm. so while the rest of us are using uh, a stick plate, which is a different form of really a dowsing to, to feel it, he can hear it. So as he's walking around the class, he can go, okay, you've got it. You know, I go, that's cheating. You know, <laughs> I have to do it the hard way. <laughs> yeah, um, that's very cool. Uh, Tommy, you got anything on this? Sure, Marty, what are the other levels? You mentioned an intermediate and then an advanced level. What do those entail? Well, the, the, uh, uh, the basic level gets, gets you where you do the analysis and you get familiar with the instrument. When we get to the intermediate, that's where we start learning how to potentize and put frequencies into uh, different objects. Uh, so if, if an object has a, has a crystalline structure or has, has sugar you know, in it, it'll hold a frequency. Uh, so for instance, uh, if you have a rose quartz, you know rose quartz has a certain frequency to it. Well, that's a natural frequency. You can add other frequencies to that. Uh, and so you can take crystals and then you can go ahead and add whatever you want to to them. And so in, you know, around my house, I've got, uh, I've got all sorts of different crystals that are programmed for different things uh, that, you know, I've come up with, uh, uh, you know, including the Ho'oponopono, uh, love, light, forgiveness, um, uh, I made one for my uh, clients this year called Christmas because I wanted to capture that that Christmas feeling, and and all it does is when you hold it, it just feels like a little kid in Christmas. Yeah, well, don't yeah. you think I'm going to throw this at you? Kind of <clears throat> those crystal skulls that are out there. Don't you think that's almost representing what we're talking about here in a way? It's a crystal. It holds all the things that we talk about. Could potentially hold all those things, just kind of like our own heads. I mean. You know, I don't know how that is, and I don't know if they're fake, and I don't know. I haven't touched one, but I've been around one, but it's interesting. They just kind of came to mind. What's that all about? Well, in, in, and again, this is my opinion, is that, you know, as I can program rudimentary frequencies into uh, a crystal, uh, that crystal skull is not a rudimentary frequency. It is either connected to a higher consciousness, like a, a sophisticated communication device, or it is a very complicated program of frequencies that are running all the time and it could be either one uh, they but, made it in the form of a human skull which is obviously representative of what we're all carrying around if we're alive and haven't been beheaded we're all carrying around a skull uh you know and and can we access those same frequencies that may be may or may not be program programmed into those skulls it's just a it's an interesting concept and thought you know well they say that our skull is is a uh, uh, is a very specially tuned receiver. And yes. that the, because you have the different layers of, of materials uh, and then the, the, the jello in the center. And, and you know, the, going back to the homeopathy, like treats like. You know, when you have something that resembles something else, there's a certain resonance between those two. Right, absolutely. Very cool stuff, very cool. Tommy, it, as we're getting, getting ready to wrap up here, do you got any questions that, for wrapping up this very interesting interview? I think it would be um, interesting for the listeners. If I was to come to you as a client, what would a session look like? What would happen? Um, well, well, first, uh, chances are we, uh, we may not even meet uh, uh, personally. Um, I do all of my work uh, remotely, and that's one of the advantages of being in, in rural uh, uh, Midwest. And so I would, I would ask for a witness, and basically that gives me a connection to you. 
and then I do an analysis. And the analysis that I do, I, I check about 200 or, or 200 different points. And to be honest, uh, most of the reason that I do the analysis is uh, to make you feel good that I'm actually doing something. Uh, because um, you know, the, you know, the list of all the different um, issues and the, you know, and the different infections and the different uh, uh, levels of congestion and how's the heart doing and how's the kidneys doing and how's the, all that's doing. I mean, that's all well and good if you're going at it from a physical approach, but since it's all energetic, you know, so I do the analysis that makes you feel good that I actually did something. And then I work on the cause behind the cause behind the cause. And, and so within that, that first week, um, you know, I'll be periodically broadcasting to you as your system can accept the new frequencies. And I would, I would want you to drink lots of water because you're going to be, you're going to be dumping toxins like a big dog. Uh, um, expect uh, emotional fluctuations. Expect um, memories to come up that have no reason for them to come up, except they just come up. And you're going to have some really weird dreams. Just, to, just expect that. And then as that's going on, um, your body is taking care of the things that are most important. So one of the, one of the issues that, that you know, we run across is we think we know what's important, but our body knows what's important. And our body always heals the most important thing first. Yeah, that's amazing. Kind of like we tell people Reiki, I'm a Reiki master, so tell people Reiki goes where it needs to go. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and again, in a, in a standard Western approach, we think that this left brain knows what to do. And so we go, ah, it's this. And so we're going to attack the problem this way. In my approach, I just assume that I don't have a clue. Uh, and so your body already knows how to heal. All I really need to do is get those blockages out of the way and let the energy flow. Well, for our listeners, if Tommy and I decide to be uh, guinea pigs for Marty here, we will give you <laughs> our results and how many times we went to the bathroom and everything else <laughs> and what kind of weird dreams we have. But, uh, you know, Marty, this is absolutely fascinating. And I'm so happy to have you on here to explain this stuff because it gives a, a real um, lean into science or at least some background uh, when we talk about all these metaphysical things. And I think people are, you know, very hungry for that, you know, trying to validate some of these things that they see these, uh, I'll call them woo-woo people do, you know, what is that happening? Because it's invisible to most people. Yeah. Yeah. Tommy, you got any wrap-ups on this? No, I really appreciate your contributions and what you shared with everyone today. Um, it's similar stuff to what I'm doing. And I know a lot of times people just think it's voodoo magic, you know, and you spend more time trying to convince them that it's not, something way out there there's really a scientific basis for it and go with the ride and once they do that they do pretty well but boy trying to get over that initial hurdle sometimes can be huge so yeah thank you for helping it is those lines for sure. well folks i tell you what um you know check out the podcast if you want all, all of marty's contact information will be on the on the uh, uh website at the metaphysicalmysteries.com and Marty, for uh, Tom and I, thanks so much for being here and all those people that you're going to help and already have helped. Two thumbs up on that one, brother. Good job. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure. All Thank right. You. Thank you all.